Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Leading the Blue Jays 1-0 in the bottom of the 7th in a game I can only promote as a non-playoff preview. What else can I say, Kellen Kennedy? I was checking out some of the quotes by some of the Oriole uh, players and that stuff after their last loss. They're not good. That's not great language to be hearing from players. It's not. Well, was the one guy said everybody should be fired? Basically, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm just. What are they? Are they at 109 losses now? Or are they still at 108? Does Does it really matter? Once no, you reach I, I think if they lose tonight, it's 109. They are 43 and 108 for a yeah. 285 winning percentage. Ooh. Now the Royals for a while were down below 300. They're 52 and 99, so they will lose 100. The Red Sox are 103 and 48. They are 60 games ahead of the Orioles. You know, 100. It'll be you know. I mean, they they'll finish the season. That's unreal. You know, 65 to 70 games ahead. Uh, who else is doing bad? Uh, Marlins and uh, Padres are playing 390 ball. I mean, the Blue Jays are playing 457 ball. Not horrible. I mean, not good, obviously. But yeah. you know, but Blue Jays not, are not, on a f- not horrific. Blue Jays were on a five game win streak coming into. Was this the too. year they started really well? I can't even, like I've already forgotten if that was this year or last year. Uh, they started. I can't remember. That's, it's just all blurs after a while. I think it was this year. Uh, you can text six thirty six thirty. Man, I got a long text here from Tim. I'm gonna have to read it off air before I read it on air because uh, that's too long for me to to check it out without knowing what it is. I think Tim is texting about a a, a, a civic bylaw. <laughs> oh, you know what? This text is for Ryan Jesperson. <laughs> I just I just noticed that. Well, Tim, you'll uh, have to text back. Between 9 and noon. That's okay, though. Uh, you can always text 63630, our phone number 780-496-0063. Oilers practicing today. Uh, you know, they've thinned it out, sent 17 guys to Bakersfield over the last couple of days. They have a B group practicing, which is uh, the guys who are going to be harder pressed to play in the NHL this year, and then the A group. So you have those top four lines, uh, as expected, along with Upshaw. Uh, along with uh, Yamamoto and along with Chason, who's here on a PTO, just like Upshaw. Uh, Pontus Aberg is down in the B group, speaking of right-wingers. Ty Ratty, good game last night, two goals. I wanted the Hattie, but uh, sometimes you got to do different things, and, and uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, just trying to do whatever I can to make this team and, and help this team win games. So if that means uh, 
uh, dogging it in the corner and eating cross checks in the last minute, I, I can do that, and, and uh, I'm willing to, to fit any role that uh, the coaches uh, find me. Raddy's saying all the right things. Hopefully it goes well for him as uh, we roll into the regular season. Jeremy from Glendon. Oh, my God. We got ma- We got breaking news here. We got breaking news. Uh, first of all, I'll read the text. Reed, is Yamo available to go to Bakersfield this year? Yes. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto can play in Bakersfield, and I still think there's a pretty good chance he starts the season there. And then the text says... P.S. I moved Jeremy from Glendon at McEwen. Oh my God, Jeremy from Glendon is in Edmonton. Did he move the big pierogi? No, the pierogi's in Glendon. I oh. hope he kept his place there. Cool. This is incredible. This, You know what this means? We may get to meet Jeremy from Glendon. Ooh. If he's just milling around Edmonton. One place uh, I may, and, and again, I'm going to give away my my uh, incredible unwillingness to tr- become an adult at the age of 44. Uh, I, sometimes you may find me in Happy Harbor Comics across the street from McEwen. Great place. I can see Jeremy coming in there someday to buy the latest Batman, Wonder Woman, Avengers. Probably eating pierogies since he's from Glendon. This is this is great news. Uh, but yes, the serious question was: Yamamoto can go to Bakersfield. Uh, Joe P., thank you for your text as well. That's a nice comment I got from Joe on the text line. 7804, do we actually have a caller tonight? Oh, this is exciting. Hi, Eric. Hey, brother, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Good. You and I argued all last season about Bear. Okay, how so? And, and, well, you said he wasn't ready, and I said, well, we need some defense. Do you think that he's ready this season? Uh, I think he's closer, but I, I think they have Bouchard ahead of him, and I think they've bought, brought in Gravel and uh, Yerbeck probably yeah. to play ahead of him. Uh, I really don't. I think we should give that kid a chance. I mean, he's big, he's mean, and he's hungry. I don't think Bears. He's. Do you think he plays a mean game? I don't know if he plays a mean game. I think he's fine, but I don't see him as being aggressive like the way Nurse or Larson are aggressive. Well. You and I also had a lot of discuss. Pardon me, I had a few pints, but I don't think Nurse. I don't really care for Nurse the way he played last year. I mean, if he wants to be a Bobby Orr, that's fine. I mean, we need a defenseman, defenseman, and Nurse is. I mean, he's. You know what I mean, sir? Like he he comes in, he tries to score goals, but he should stay in the blue line. Well, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I've, I've been saying that the last few days. If he if he doesn't become a point producer, if he plays uh, if he plays defense and is rugged in his own end, that's going to be fine. Look, if if you just regardless of what we think of Eric of of Bear Eric, I think what the Oilers have done on their defense tell us as observers that that they don't see him playing 82 games in the NHL this season. I, I think they no, still no, want to no, season no. him a little more. I wouldn't think so either, but we need good D because, let's face it, and I hate to say this, we don't have the goaltending to have a weak D line at all. Am I right or wrong? What do you think? Well, I think Talbot has to play a lot better than he did last year. The backup is a massive question mark after Monday. We'll see how Koskinen does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Talbot has been here three years with the Oilers. I think there's a chunk of two years in there, not consecutive, but he's been very good, and, and a year where he wasn't as good. 
Well, so we shouldn't we shouldn't give up on him, but like we need better goaltending. You got to admit, am I right? Oh, or he wrong? has to be better than last year. He also has a nine eighteen career average save percentage. That's his career average, which leads me to believe he can do that again if it's his average. Absolutely. Uh, like, shout out to Oilers fans. Don't give up on Talbot. How's okay. about that? Thanks, Eric. God bless you guys. That's Eric, 780-496-0063. John says, Reed, it sounds to me like 3x3 is to basketball what beach volleyball is to traditional volleyball. I think that's a fair comparison, John. I, I think you, you could also look at it as um, comparing uh, rugby se- rugby sevens to traditional rugby. That probably fits as well. Yeah, but... Uh, Hi, Brent, go ahead. It's CNF. You know, it's, Hi, Brent, uh, you're on CFL. with Reed. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Brent. Did you call in to be on the show? Yeah, but uh, is that a good question? Sorry, I missed, your never... qu- I missed your question, Brent. Okay. We know what the Oilers make, right? Yes. Story-wise? Okay. How come we never hear about what the Eskimos make? Well, sometimes it's announced, but uh, but not often. I, it, I guess it's just the way the two different leagues approach releasing salaries and uh, and discussing what their players make. I don't know why the CFL has has, has never put it out there. Uh, you can call six thirty six thirty. The phone number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got to kick it quick timeout. Speaking of the Eskimos, the new guy, kick returner Martise Jackson. Can he change the return game for the better? Find out next. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, John texting Inside Sports. He says, Reed, Ethan Bear is neither big nor mean. He's 5'11". In his last two seasons in junior, he played 136 games, had a grand total of 20 penalty minutes. Did that caller mean somebody else? Maybe. Uh, John? Uh, no, he did not. He has called in about Ethan Bear. Uh, in the past, really wants him to play. He probably will someday. I don't think he's a regular in the NHL with the Oilers this season, but he definitely has some potential. This gentleman has the potential to totally transform the Edmonton Eskimos' return game acquired in a trade from the Toronto Argos last week, Martise Jackson. Martise, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Well, thanks for making time for me on the show tonight. How is life as an Edmonton Eskimo so far? It's going great so far. It's going good. You know, um, great locker room, great teammates. So everything going good so far. Obviously, uh, you got traded just over a week ago. What was your reaction to to that trade? Were you surprised? Did you maybe think something was uh, happening? Uh, Let me know how that went down for you. Um, Yeah, I definitely was surprised. Um, I wasn't really expecting it. Um, Yeah, it definitely um, uh, caught me off guard. It was a surprise. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you roll into town with the Edmonton Eskimos and Martise. I mean, there's a pretty big opportunity for you here. You know, the Eskimos' return game hasn't been been great, and uh, you know, you're kind of being trusted to, to maybe turn it around a little bit. How how do you look at that opportunity? What do you bring to the team? Um, I just look at it as another opportunity. Um, you know, it's a blessing. Um, you know, a blessed opportunity to come to a great team, you know, with great chemistry and great players and, um, uh, you know, just a great a great team. So, um, you know, it's a blessing for me. You know, one of your career highlights 
would be a 125-yard missed field goal return against the Eskimos uh, last season. What what do you remember about that play? And I mean, that's kind of that distance in the end zone where, you know, I don't know if maybe you'd consider giving up the the single on that play or not. But uh, take me through that play. Yeah, I remember just um, you know, uh kicking on Cena was wide, it was wide right and well wide wide right if I'm looking at it and um yeah, I remember just uh catching it and, and seeing 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 some field and, and hitting it up the sideline. And you know, we needed we needed a big play so uh it was a big play for us, uh you know, it was a big play for us uh, that game. Tell, tell me how returning a missed field goal is different than a punt return, Martise. Um, because um, uh, field goal is is not that many. There's really no linemen. On, I mean, I'm not field goal, but um, punt return there's no linemen. So on field goal, it's really just linemen. So once you get past those linemen, it's you know you're off to the races because it's really just offensive line and then you got your your quarterback that's holding in the the kicker. And, I mean, you know, if you're you're a skilled guy, you know, you probably should uh, be able to outrun a few linemen. You know, I mentioned when you catch one deep in the end zone, um, so you have those guys on the field, uh, but sometimes if you give up the single, you, you might get you know better. You, you're guaranteed them getting the ball in the 35. You know, how are, are, was that decision up to you in Toronto whether or not to bring it out, or or how do you, or or did a coach tell you how does that work? Uh, it definitely was, um, you know, the coaches, the team, you know, they would they would let me know, um, and most of the time I would know if we needed to, if we needed to bring it out, or if we we're in a situation where we could give up one. So um, I got good with that, um, you know, when I got comfortable towards, um, you know, mid mid last year, end of season last year, I I, I kind of uh, caught a hang of knowing like when we should bring it out or when we should give up the one. But um, the coaches just they they'll still tell me. Um, even if I know, they'll still let me know. Yeah. You probably want to bring it out every time, don't you? When <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see opportunity in daylight, I definitely do, yeah. <laughs> Martise Jackson joining us on Inside Sports tonight. New returner for the Edmonton Eskimos acquired in a trade last week from the uh, Toronto Argos. You know, Martise, I'm curious. I, I know you played uh, at Florida Atlantic in the United States. Uh, I, I believe you're from North Carolina. You'll correct yeah, me if I'm wrong there. Um, tell me a little bit about yeah. your journey, though, to the CFL. When did that first become uh, an option for you and, and something you considered doing? Um. In in 2015, when I um finished school and finished college, um, I was um just at home waiting on a call from uh you know a team, and I didn't get a call, so I set out the whole 2015 season, and I just I real you know obviously I realized you know I wasn't getting no calls, so I just you know kept working out, um, kept grinding, and I um start um you know just looking up tryouts, and I seen uh CFL tryouts. And, and I went to a few CFL tryouts and um, got an opportunity. That's how it worked out. Yeah, I mean, what what struck you about the CFL when you started? I don't know if it was the twelve men, the the different size of the field, the the, the waggle. What really uh, was an adjustment for you, or something where you said, hmm, "Okay, I might be able to take advantage of that." It was 
it was all of it, really. The, the size of the field. I mean, you know, I, when I was when I had signed, I was you know looking at games and stuff like that. But it's you don't really realize how big it is and wide it is until you actually like step on the field and start running around. Then you realize like, man, it's a lot of you know a lot of room, a lot of space out here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how, how have you enjoyed living in Canada? Does it does it feel different than the United States, or, or uh, what what's, what has uh, struck you about being a part time Canadian? Um, it's different, but I mean, it's it's definitely um it's it's great. You know, um, the hospitality is great. Um, I've been you know I have nothing but good um good things to say about Canada. Martise Jackson joining us on Inside Sports. New Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, New Edmonton Eskimo. He'll be returning kicks on uh, Saturday when they uh, when they take on Ottawa. Uh, I, I, I kind of referenced uh, where you grew up. Uh, who were some athletes you you looked up to as a kid? Was it all football players, or were you into other sports too? Um, I watched yeah football and um, of course basketball. You know Allen Iverson and guys like that. So um, AI. As far as not a non-football player, um, Allen Iverson, he definitely was uh, one of the guys I, I looked up to a lot. That was a non-football player. And then, of course, you got, you know, a whole bunch of football players. I could read a list, you know, guys that I, I watched and, and and growing up and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. And were, were you always fast, like even when you, <laughs> when you were a little kid, or did that come later in life? Um... Yeah, I was always I was always fast. Yeah, I was always fast. I remember being young. I was always fast. Um, I always was small. Always was fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Wish you all the best as an Eskimo. Look forward to seeing you play against Ottawa on Saturday. Really appreciate you doing this. All right. Thank you for having me. There's the new and hopefully exciting returner for your Edmonton Eskimos, Martise Jackson. Quick break for the 7.30 news, then we will go behind the scenes of a brand new league coming to Edmonton, the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. Breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Orioles leading the Blue Jays 2-1 in the bottom of the eighth. The Edmonton Oil Kings with some injury trouble in goal here. So they have acquired Dylan Miskew from the Brandon Wheat Kings in exchange for a conditional fifth-round pick in the 2019 Bantam Draft. Miskew played 22 games last season, 11 Five and two with a 3.41 goals against average, 887 save percentage. He's a 1999 born goaltender from uh, Winnipeg. And I mentioned earlier, Oil Kings home opener Friday at seven. That will be against the Red Deer Rebels. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers games tomorrow night, Sunday night, both against Winnipeg. And uh, Eskimos game coming up Saturday afternoon against the Ottawa Red Blacks. All right, pleased to have a couple big wigs in studio. One guy's laughing at that. Here's your $5. Because I've known him for <laughs> 10 or 11 years. Uh, Lee Genier is the president and CEO of Western Operations for the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Lee, welcome. Thank you very much, Reed. Thanks for having us. And Kale Schofield is here as well, director of business operations for the Edmonton Stingers, which will be the Edmonton team 
in the CEBL. Kale, great to see you. Great to see you again, Reid. Uh, excited to have you guys uh, in tonight. Talked a little bit about the Stingers in the past. Uh, you know, over the summer as things got rolling, had Mike Morreale on the show, who's uh, uh, commissioner of the league. So that's that's exciting. Uh, going to launch uh, it's a may launch you're looking at absolutely yes lee th- this this fascinates me and and i'm sure it's going to fascinate a lot of listeners because most people follow leagues that were founded oh about 100 years ago uh and now <laughs> so we don't even know sometimes or some guys met in a hotel over a beer and signed a sheet of paper okay the toronto arenas will have a team uh but <laughs> you're i mean what are the how what are the building blocks for this league you need to set up lee well, you know, there's a there's a ton of moving parts as you as you can imagine. I mean, you know, one is when you look at the trajectory of basketball in North America, one of the fastest growing games in North America, the number one gate you know played game in North America. So, you know, that is a catalyst for starting this league, right? We have a very passionate ownership group. We have a very passionate executive group that you know there's a need. Uh, you know, I think the Raptors have exemplified you know exemplified what can be uh, and it's the next step you know when you talk about going back 100 years is you, you know what Canadian invented basketball so you know what better thing to do is to have a Canadian league that uh, will bring a whole new you know start a whole new level of basketball in Canada uh, six teams six teams right, off with. right now and you know I'll you know I'll let a little bird out of the bag we're, we're currently in talks uh, for a seventh team that uh, is a very real possibility for 2019 which is a very exciting addition uh, to to the to the league and it's you know it's a, it's a very recognizable sports franchise so we're very you know excited and that's kind of the uh, the equity that's out there and that we're building out there in the community all right I, I'm gonna ask you the big question from and uh, look this this is the the standard question you've gotten it before uh sports fans often have their habits and their favorites they already watch whatever nhl cfl and pick a league they're they're probably already are one two or three leagues or teams that they they spend their time and sometimes their money on so the cebl is going to try to break into that create habits for you know for fans to watch this basketball league. I mean, how, how do you do that? I don't know if there's a Coles Notes answer, but I'll see if you can give me one. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think there's a blueprint for launching a league. Um, you know, when you, you look at the diversity of Canada and how much it's changing. Uh, and again, you know, you know, people have asked and, you know, what about the leagues that have come before us? And I mean, we're talking, you know, two, three generations ago of leagues that have come back, maybe in the early 90s. Um, you know, there's, there's a huge groundswell of basketball fans in the country. And that younger demographic that is rabbit about basketball so you know what is is you know what better time to start a league and uh, you know obviously you've got two different leagues two different leagues starting next year and the world's changing and so we're changing with it and uh, uh, you know I've, I've worked in a couple of those other leagues and uh, you know I couldn't be more excited and you know to be part of this one and being on the upward trajectory of you know being on something that's growing in Canada well and there are more and better Canadian players available and, yeah. and are you going to have a, a quota for Canadian players? You know, our goal right now, Reed, is to have seven Canadians on a team on a 10-man roster, but we want to make sure that we continue to build great Canadian talent as we move forward. You know, so that means we're going to leave three international spots on our roster, and, you know, that will add to a little bit of the mix on the teams as well, right? So... 
Kale's in studio as well. Kale Schofield, uh, you're the director of business operations for the Edmonton Stingers. That's the team in the uh, CEBL. So you're getting all this set up from uh, a, a franchise perspective, and, and that's got to be a big thing for you as well, letting people know, like, hey, they, here's, a, here's an option. Absolutely. Here's an option to come watch, get get your kids out, get your family out, watch good athletes play. Absolutely. And, and I think the timing's right in this market for a basketball team to be coming into town. You know, we've looked at the last 10, 15 years of, of the growth in the sport and what's happened. We look at the Vince Carter effect uh, that's going on in Canada. We looked at what Steve Nash has done to promote the sport, you know, when he when he fronted the 2000 Olympic team. And, and now we've seen this growth of, of, of players now that have come into the NBA draft, like the Anthony Bennett's, the although maybe not the best example because he's struggling to stay in the league now, but he was still drafted number one overall. Yep. And we look at Andrew Wiggins and next year's potential number one overall pick with R.J. Barrett. You know, we're seeing it here locally. Um, you know, the Edmonton Youth Basketball has exploded in numbers. Edmonton Basketball Association is almost having to turn away teams just because they have so many teams now wanting to play that scheduling is is almost a challenge. You know, we right. we've we've built. Look at the Go Center, the the Saville Center. We didn't have that 15, 20 years ago. But that's really exciting. This this didn't exist when I was young and, and playing in high school. You know, we 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 drive around and try to five games, and now now they're everywhere. So. You know, as we go to market uh, as the Stingers now, we're we're talking to a whole new sports audience now. We're we're talking to a very multicultural city who's grown up around a variety of sports. You know, uh, hockey obviously is is very important to this town, but there are are cultures that that have grown up on basketball, grown up on soccer now, and I think we're going to be able to provide a an entertainment product where families are going to be able to come. For, for a very affordable price and come check out a very high level of basketball. And, and for that younger sports crowd, this is going to give them a different opportunity yeah. to go and check something. Well, that, that's that, that's very well said. And, and I think that's, you know, I, I hear it all the time. Well, you know, people want, they, well, hockey's my number one. Hockey's my number one. None of, no team that I've ever seen come into the market, the market that I've experienced has told hockey fans not to watch hockey. But they've said to fans that maybe not that's not their first choice come check us out. You, you like basketball. Well, now you don't have to watch it on TV. You can you can come see a game. And the, the plan is to play out of the Expo Center. That's correct. So how is that going to work for basketball? Uh, so the Expo Center is going to be hosting our games starting in, in May of 2019. And, and they've been a fantastic partner for us so far. We've had a lot of really good conversations right now as to how we're going to be able to use that facility in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. Ways that the Expo Center has maybe never used the facility before. We see a lot of really good partnerships between us and the Expo Center and being able to not only promote what they do, but they promote what we do as well. Kale Schofield is the Director of Business Operations for the Edmonton Stingers. Lee Genier is the President and CEO of Western Operations for the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Uh, Lee, are we, are, are, have you already, like, is there going to be a salary cap? Have you decided what it's going to be? Yeah, where are you in some of the financial stuff? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we're, we're working through that. Uh, I mean, the uh, salary cap and the salary management, we, I think we have some ideas uh, in mind. No, the course. league's going to own all the teams, right? Uh, well, the six teams that we've launched are, are league-owned. They're okay. corporately owned. And then, um, you know, like I said, we talk about a seventh team that would be a franchise okay. operation. And as we move forward, those would be continued to be franchise uh, I got gotcha. you. Well. Okay. So you know, to to run a viable league, yes, you need to have a cap and understanding that we run from May till August. Um, we're creating a you know that real niche in the market of okay, we have right now we have ten 
10 home games uh, as we add in teams that will increase our schedule we won't go above 12 teams and in 2020 I fully expect us to be a 12 team league just right. from the interest from right across from coast to coast so um, that being said and uh, in, in going back to our earlier question about leagues that have come before us is that we are being very fiscally responsible and we're running teams as businesses right as what they should be so and you know it's it's not just you know obviously we're we're putting on a great basketball game but we're building a great entertainment package around in that as well so i think that's really important to understand that hey you know there's take you know 10 right 10 great events that will happen from may through August. Are you? Are you? Uh, I often get ahead of myself, but I'll ask anyway. Are we NBA rules, FIBA rules? We are the only FIBA regulated league in Canada. Oh, nice. So, okay. So that gives, you know it changes it up a little bit. That's four ten-minute quarters. Yep. Uh, you know, if people are wondering, the the court's a little smaller, the three-point line a little different, and. Uh, you know, those are really, you know, it's a quick game. And, you know, so what we're going to focus on is the pregame, the game itself, and putting a lot of energy into it and, and the postgame as well. Kale, I got I to gotta throw this one at you from a, a Stinger's perspective. And you mentioned, you know, looking into the, the history and, and stuff. I mean, in Edmonton, we had the Edmonton uh, Energy and the Edmonton Chill were the last two basketball teams that tried to make a go of it. Uh, I can't remember which incarnation it was at the time, but unfortunately it's best remembered for making the playoffs and then not sending the team to the postseason tournament uh, because because of uh, some financial restrictions. Have you, have, you, have you talked to anybody with those teams about... Well, quite frankly, what went wrong? Or absolutely, you know, it's 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 funny when we dial back to that era of, of, of basketball in Edmonton because, you know, the efforts were there. Uh, maybe not so much with the chill because that was, you know, that was brought on by a an entrepreneur, which we all found didn't really have the best intentions. Uh, when the energy came in, it was a group of very solid Edmonton businessmen who stepped up and and looked to save the franchise. It, you know, there's a couple of reasons maybe why it didn't work more because of the league itself. The league had franchises all over the place. You know, it, it's it's not unlike what FC Edmonton saw, mm-hmm. you know, in the last couple of years where you, you have teams from all over North America and the schedule is unbalanced and the travel is, is really difficult. So I think the the intentions were were good uh it's unfortunate they weren't able to you know obviously send a team to the postseason and that's kind of stuck around as part of that but you know 10 years even 10 years ago in this market the the sport of basketball has grown so much now we've we've added another generation of fans that are, have really come in the nba has done such a good job in growing the sport you look at the star players in that league now and their household names I think the environment's changed now locally where there's going to be a lot more people that are accepting of a basketball uh, basketball team being in town here and excited about that, about having that local product now where they can go and and call something their own. Yeah, well, and that's that's key. I mean, and clearly you're enthusiastic about about building that bond for sure. Uh, Lee, you're, you're an interesting guy. Oh, thanks. There's Reed. my compliment of the evening. <laughs> the most interesting man in the room. Uh, oh, uh, uh, but but no, tell me. I mean, your story is interesting as well because you you mentioned working with other sports leagues in the. I mean, this is your your life working in pro sports. Yeah, I've been in 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 pro sports pretty much since I've left university. You know, I spent 19 years in the CFL and I spent five years in the Olympic world bobsleigh skeleton and uh, I launched the Rush in Saskatchewan, which was a very um, 
uh, uh, great, you know, it was, it was it turned out to be a great uh, mm-hmm. uh, success, which was, uh, you know, just lends itself well to sports in, in Canada. Uh, I spent 10 months uh, in the CPL consulting, and uh, one day Mike Morielli called me and said, hey, we're starting this league. So, um you know, I, it took me, you know, a couple of days and I looked over things and I, I said, absolutely. And I've known Mike for a lot of years uh, and he laid it out and just a great, in, you know, group of individuals to work with. Well, how many chances would you have in your life to say, do you want to help start a sports league? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. and, and, and that's, that's what's interesting is, you know, when we, when we talk about this league and, and the fact that you've worked in pro sports all your life, when we look at the executives involved with the Canadian Elite Basketball League, we have a solid foundation of experienced people who have worked in a variety of different sports leagues. So, you know, when we talk to people about, well, why is this version of basketball going to work? We have amazing structure at the top that's helping to build all the way down to the local levels. These aren't people who just got together and said, hey, let's start a basketball league. We have a ton of experience that we're able to to go and, and leverage in, in all our markets. Okay, so l- let, me, let me close with this guy's uh so you're you're here now you're talking about i mentioned you know i've had a couple i've had a couple other segments on over the summer you got the teams uh you know you you got the you're gonna go may to october you said what what's next for people who are thinking okay this is great i i, I want to go i want what's the next announcement the next headline that, that people can look for well right now we're working hey you know as you met as you as you can imagine we have a you know a, a litany of of big announcements coming up uh you know one right now we're on pre-sale right so mm-hmm. people want to get their tickets is go to the stingers.ca and you can put down your 50 dollars deposit and secure your seats right nice. that's that's been a big part of it but you know everything from coming up from our official apparel supplier to you know a lot of other interesting partnerships um you know we want, we're not going to start to na- you know name players and coaches until the new year but you know there's been you know, conversations is, you know, late last night, uh, for instance, in, you know, the caliber of our players. You're talking about guys that have played in the NBA and, and, players, Canadian players that have played abroad that now can play at home, right? So in their own backyard. So I would say stay tuned. Uh, you know, we're going to have our official announcements when we go on sale, which will be a big day. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of traction in the in the, in the the market. Kale, Kale's been a, doing a great job being out in the community um, and uh, you know, like I say, we're just every day we're moving that needle because, like I say, there's no br- blueprint for launching a league. Well, you guys, you guys keep in touch, and and I wish you all the best. And I'll say this as someone who works on a show called Inside Sports: the more sports, the better. So, I, I, you know, I I know you're working hard, and I, and I really hope people are, are passionate about this, and you find your audience, and and we're talking about this for for years to come. Uh, Stingers.ca for the Edmonton Stingers. The Stingers.ca and C E B L. .ca for yes. the league, or people can just Google Canadian Elite Basketball yeah. League. It'll, it'll come it, up. It'll take you all to whatever your favorite site is, and you can order your tickets. So Absolutely. Lee Genier, President and CEO of Western Operations for the CEBL. Thanks for coming in. Scale, Kale Schofield with the Edmonton Stingers. Great to see you. Thanks, Henry. Yeah. Reed, thanks so much, and always a pleasure for having us on. We're back after the break for some final thoughts. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, covered a lot of ground tonight. Talked about Puliyarvi and Raddy looking good in the preseason here with the Oilers. Talked about the Grey Cup Festival. Heard from Eskimos kick returner Martise Jackson, Steve Sir, Edmontonian doing great on the FIBA 
3x3 tour. He's playing at West Edmonton Mall this weekend. We just had Kale Schofield and Lee Genier in from the Canadian Elite Basketball League. It launches in the spring. The Edmonton Stingers will be one of the teams. You miss anything? All the audio is archived on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com, or you can sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Well, this is going to be fun. Well, that's Ric Flair, or so Kellen Kennedy tells me. Here's what we're going to do. We have a pair of tickets to give away for Off the Top Rope with Ric Flair with guest moderator Jimmy the Mouse of the South Heart, The Untold Tales of Pro Wrestling, Saturday, January 12th at the Jubilee. Tickets go on sale Friday. We're giving away two tickets right now to caller number three, 780-496-0063. Kellen, you are the show's wrestling expert. Mm -hmm. Out of the, we're the only two people here, and you know about (laughs) more wrestling than I do. Mm -hmm. So that makes you the expert. Uh, Ric Flair, would you consider him a legend of professional wrestling? He is the Wayne Gretzky of pro wrestling. How about that? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Greatest of all time. Kids Uh, would call him the goat. Uh, Above Hogan. Why do they call him Nature Boy? Uh, because his gimmick was a tribute to the original Nature Boy, who was Buddy Rogers in the 60s. Anyway, it's the same style. So he All was right. second in line with the name. So he's he's not going to be uh, wrestling, but he's going to be speaking. Off the top rope with Ric Flair, guest moderator Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart, the untold tales of pro wrestling, Saturday, January 12th at the Jube. We have a lot of people calling in. Kellen's going to take caller number three. He has the order, and you're getting the tickets. This is awesome. Tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7. Oilers host the Jets in preseason action. Eskimos broadcast on Saturday afternoon, 12.30. Countdown to kickoff game at 2 as they take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen's the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Always a pleasure. Talk to you from the rink tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.